Welcome back to Throwing Hands. Per usual, it's your boy Jacob, and alongside me, Danny Woods, but yet another special guest, lightweight UFC contender, Kama Worthies, joining us. Kama, how you doing? Good, brother. All right. All right. Uh, so we're going to just kick this right off. Um, how'd you get your start, start in MMA? Uh, it kind of goes back. I, I mean, I've always been a martial artist to a certain degree. When I was in New York and uh, someone tried to tell me about MMA and I didn't know what the hell it was. I was like, wait, what? And then I just kind of like watched some videos and I moved back to Pittsburgh and started training. And it's like 13 years later, here I am. All right. So um, how'd you get this uh, Death Star nickname? That comes from um, my first amateur fight. I hit this guy and I knocked him out. It was pretty bad. And someone said it looked like something from the Death Star, and it kind of like one thing linked to the next. Then, like, with like the next three fights, it was the nickname that just ran with it. So you mentioned coming up and getting your start in Pittsburgh, and you've advocated for some other Pittsburgh fighters to get their shot in the UFC. And I'm from Morgantown, West Virginia, so I'm pretty aware of that, that Western PA grittiness that is certainly part of the culture. Is that something you think helps define you as a fighter and helps you kind of have a, have a leg up on your opponents? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I remember from my last, um, amateur fight, uh, Duke Rufus, that's actually where I met him at. He was commentating and he was just explaining how like just fighting in a tri-state area, the amateurs and that language is different just because the high level, of wrestling, so you have to be a little bit more complete MMA fire to to like have your career grow up, like start to happen in the tri-state area and stuff. So, so yeah, I mean, I think just training in Pittsburgh, we just we're just a little bit grittier than everybody else. You know what I mean? Like a little bit, a little bit more willing to get dirty. I mean, it's just from my fighting style and just my my teammates and everyone else how they fight. So, so, yeah, I definitely think it's that tri-state area is pretty dangerous. Fighters coming through there. All right, so. You, you come into your first pro fight, you're getting paid. What's that feeling like stepping into that cage for the first time as a professional for you? Well, we're getting paid like $300. I mean, it was basic. Like, it wasn't really over the top. I guess, I guess you can say you're, you kind of have the dreams. You're like, yeah, I'll be in the UFC in four Fights. Then I got choked out in my first fight, so <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> so I mean, like, but that's kind of the feeling that you're thinking, like, you're young, like you're young and dumb, so you think everything's unstoppable, and like you think you're the man, and yeah, yeah, yada. But you come. I think I came to realize what fighting was. Luckily for me, early in my career, I found out that fighting's a lot more than than, than people perceive it. So you mentioned you lost your first fight. You win your second. And then your third fight, 
is against Paul Felder, obviously a guy that so many UFC fans are going to recognize. And you guys fought each other really early in both of your careers. Uh, what was it like uh, fighting a guy like that earlier in, career, in your career and then kind of watching both of you uh, come up through the ranks and then reach your own heights in the UFC? Yeah, man. Um, at that time when I fought Paul Felder, I was a lot smaller. I was still – I was supposed to make the drop to 45 because I fought amateur at 55, and I was supposed to make the drop to 45 to go pro. But I was like, nah. I fought two pro fights, and they were big. They were just bigger because they're they're just much bigger. Like, I used to walk around like 164 pounds, and I would fight at 155. And I wouldn't start cutting weight until, like, the week of a fight, and then I cut weight. Um, but – with, with Paul, like, he was a real fucking 55-er because, like, right after that, I cut – I started going down to 45 because I was like, oh, these are huge. So it was wild to see him move forward because we, like – our careers, like, I lost to him. Then I won six in a row. I think he won – he got the UFC, like, four or five fights afterwards. So we were, like, kind of similar. Then I lost again. Then he was – I remember when he made it into UFC and stuff. So so it's kind of cool to see us get to – Paul's always been a cool-ass dude. He's always been, like, a real – like, I've never held like, grudges against people that beat me or things against people that I beat or anything. But Paul's always been a super, super cool dude. All right. So, after that loss to Paul Fetter, you go on a six-fight tear. Um, what would you contribute that six-fight tear to? Cutting weight. I stopped fighting at 45. I mean, I stopped fighting at 55. And, I mean, like, I, mean, I only lost two pro fights at the time. I lost my first pro fight. I had a mental hiccup, and then I lost to Paul Felder. He was, at the time, he was just a bigger, stronger 55er, and he had good skill. I'm not taking away from his skill set. He had good skills on top of being a bigger, stronger, fit, bigger, stronger fighter. Um, and then once I cut, once I started cutting weight, it became a little easier um, just because the fighters were more my size and strength-wise. Then I lost two fights at 45, and then my body started to get bigger. I, I just, like, the weight cut started to become harder. I started walking around at, like, 170. And then when I won, I started winning. I won two more fights. I fought Velaka and I fought Castillo. I almost, I missed weight for Velaka and I almost missed weight for Castillo because I just couldn't get off those extra two pounds. It just became harder and harder for me to get off. And then it was, then then it was, like, it was too, I was too big then. I, I started to walk around at like 170, 75, 76 pounds, and I would be trying to make 145, and it was really hard. And then I started like I started to take fights on short notice. I used to be able to do that. I'm like, oh, three weeks, yeah, four weeks, yeah, no problem. And it was just not the case. His weight just wasn't coming off the way it was. All right, so you after that six fight uh, tear, you you lose four or six. Would you say part of that was leaving the Pittsburgh area and moving to other promotions? No, it was the weight cut. <laughs> oh, yeah, you said that. <laughs> but when I lost, when I lost the Billy Q, that had nothing to do with the weight cut. Uh, he, he, it was a good fight, tough fight. I, my, I made 45 really easy there, no problem. Then I lost the Matt Bissette. That had nothing to do with the weight cut. It was just too soon of a fight. I just fought Billy Q, and I, I fought Matt Bissette short notice. My manager at the time was a f***ing idiot. And he like, oh, it's on TV. And that, that wasn't the right fight for me to take at the time. I think he had twice as much fights as me. I was in his hometown. It wasn't the smarter move. I should have fought. I should have got a, one more, like, 
lineup fight and then jump straight to a TV fight or something like that. Because it wasn't, because if I would have won at CES, they wouldn't try to get me back because I was fighting their guy from their hometown. So it wasn't really a good opportunity for me. But at the time, you're young and your man was like, oh, I'll get you a fight on TV. I'm like, that. yeah, I'll take the fight. And I took that fight on like four weeks notice as well because somebody had pulled out from his fight and stuff. So, and then after that, everything that happened after that was even the wins, even the fights that I won, I still felt like winning because my body was just flat. I just, just sucking too much out of it. So after your loss to Kyle Nelson, you really got back on track after that. And it's a win streak that you're still on. Uh, obviously you mentioned the weight cutting issues. Is that, uh, well, really, how did, how did that kind of come to pass that you were able to, to get over that? Or is that still something you're dealing with at this point? Because it, 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 the way you're fighting recently on such a big win streak, it seems like you figured something out. No, I, again, it's, 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 you know, like as you go with time and stuff, I mean, nothing really significantly changed over the top. I did start tr doing a little bit more wrestling, but my fights aren't really, aren't really displayed that much. I mean, too much wrestling. I don't really use my wrestling for an offensive thing unless I desperately need to. Uh, but I, I mean, like I, I'm still the same fighter I was before I do the same stuff. I crisp me over time. You get better. So I made I, I tightened up all the holes that I had in my game. I squeezed and made them tighter. But the biggest thing for me was the weight cut. Like I was like I said, I was just my strength coach was telling me to go up weight cut and everything. And now I just I don't have to worry about just cutting weight. Before I would have to worry about cutting weight. I wouldn't even think about the fight. The most important thing about the fight would be I have to make sure I make weight. Like now I walk around and like maybe if I'm really big, like 180. 182 maybe i normally stay, stick i normally stick around like 178 176 so i can, I'm, I'm, i can make weight on four weeks notice no problem i'm staying active and stuff like that but i mean i i did i did like buy my gym and uh i started running the gym i started coaching so that definitely helps with your performance mentally as well um i had a kid so that that kind of changes everything as well but the biggest part they had the biggest amount of income would be I mean, the biggest amount of impact would be definitely be the weight cut. I like guess like when I fought Kyle Nelson, I had to cut. I remember I'm driving on my way up to Canada. I'm still 15, I'm still 14 pounds over and I have to weigh in in like three days and I'm like dying, like barely drinking water, hitting the sauna every day. It was just, it was just too much. All right. So after, before you hit the UFC, you're on a five-fight tear, and then you get that call. What was that feeling like when you got that call that, hey, you're going to the UFC? I was pissed the f*** off because I was drunk the night before. <laughs> I was at a common concert because I had just fought, so I was celebrating a little bit. Me and my man went out to a common, went out to a concert. We went to see common. It was great. I had a little drink. I don't really drink too much, but I went out and had a little bit of drinks, and then my manager, like, they kind of offered – me a Devonte fight before, but my man, uh, my manager was like, "Hey, yeah, you might be able to get this fight. It depends on." And then like they went with um, they went with uh, what's his name, uh, Clay Collar instead. And I was like, "Yeah, I get that. You know, they want him to fight somebody that's been in the UFC. I un I understood it. So, and then they called me and he offers it to me. So I almost said no. I was like this close to saying no because I was tired, I was hungover." And I realized I was probably like 19 pounds over. And it did, I know the weight would come off because I just cut the weight, but I really didn't feel like going. But 
obviously I did and everything happened the way it was supposed to. So you, so you step onto that mat, uh, onto the octagon for the first time. What was, what was that feeling like at that time? Like, I'm sure it was a pretty surreal experience. Yeah, it was, um, really for me it was weird because it just felt, it just felt natural. Like I've been saying that since I got to UFC, I've always told people I knew I was going to get there or get somewhere or somewhat um, on a big stage of fighting. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. I'd never really been promoted. I'd never really been pushed to the front or whatever. So when I got there, I was like, yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, fuck y'all. It was about time type feeling. So it was, it was, it felt really not, even if you see, like, see about the fight, like I didn't have any jitter. I felt really natural. It was weird. I don't know. And the same, same thing in my last fight. Like I feel, I feel like I'm, I don't, like, some people feel like they have to prove. I don't feel like I have anything to prove because I've been fighting tough competition throughout my career, so it's not like, oh, I have to show everybody that I belong here. I'm just like, yeah, it's been taking forever to get me here, so I'm like, I just do what I naturally do. Would you say you thrive with that kind of underdog mindset where you're going out uh, and, and saying, you know, what's the problem? Why, why haven't you put me in this position before I, I'm better than the guys you're matching me up with? I don't believe I'm better than anybody. I, I, that's a, I try to explain that to my students. I don't believe anyone's better than anyone. It's all just about who shows up that night. I now I do believe that I'm more willing. I'm more willing to, 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 to like engage and, more willing to lose than most people. Most people are trying, most people I think in the UFC, especially fighters fight not to lose. They don't fight to win. They fight not to lose. I'm the total opposite. I always fight to try to win. So I think I accept that mentality a little bit more than most people do, but I don't think I'm like better than it. Like anyone, like we're in a fist fight, any miscalculation, one miss run wrong read and you're fucking kicked in the head or you're getting punched or you're slammed and you're getting choked. I, so I don't think better than anybody. I just think I understand, I understand com- the, the 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 essence of combat a little bit more. And I'm willing to take the things that need to be done to get it, get the job done. So after the Devontae Smith fight a couple months ago, uh, almost two months ago, you fought uh, Luis Pena. What was the difference in preparation because of the whole uh, COVID nineteen situation? Yeah, um, again, it was very small preparation for that because. Uh, I had just reopened my gym and I was getting things back together and uh, my manager hit me up and like gave me, like, I think I had like three and a half weeks to get ready for it. Luckily for me, my one of my main training partners is a is John Diasus. He just fought for Bellator last week. He's a slick ass southpaw, explosive, out, out of pocket. So when, I, when they told me uh, about Pena, I was like, yeah. Like the only problems I would really have getting used to is how long he was, and that was a, a that was a little bit of a problem, like not striking wise, but on the ground he was a little like the length when he wrapped his legs around he was just different. Nothing I felt like that before. Uh, so you know you get that win. You're coming back uh in September, I believe, coming up on the fifth. Uh, what are your expectations going into this against uh Ottoman? Violence. <laughs> I mean, I I, 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 I I try to get people that people think I'm joking. I'm like, that's, it's a fight. So you can't expect anything about it. Like you, you, as soon as you start to expect things, as soon as something goes unexpectedly, then you're confused. You're sitting there caught in transition. And you're thinking, I was expected to be violent. It's a fist fight. So like, we're going to go, he likes, he has a 90% finish ratio. So 
he's from what it looks like his mindset is very similar to mine so i can kind of comprehend that so i mean that's going to be a fast-paced fight all right man uh so after you get this dub next week what what are your plans looking forward can't move past it. <laughs> I can't move past it. <laughs> like, like, I mean, like, like for me, I don't think about. I mean, I, I mean, like, I have somewhat of a plan of things I would like to do, but I don't put too much energy into it. Like, you can't. Like, I don't. I like you. I in the fight for me personally in the fight game. Like, you. How many times do you see it of people talking about what they're gonna do after this fight, and then, <laughs> and then, they're, and then they're like, oh, that didn't happen. Oh, that. Didn't. I mean, like, I can name seven off the top of my head. Freaking. Corey Anderson, he was super cool. He thought, I want to fight John Jones. The next thing is his fucking head split open. Sean O'Malley was talking all this shit. And like, people are looking. You can't look past. There's another person trying to kill you with illegal certain sets of rules. And they're trying to kill you. And you're thinking about, who are you going to fight next? That's, I mean, like, of course, like, it kind of passes out. But that's what's on the tip of your brain. My, my head coach, Dave Sachs, tells me, for a fight, you need 18 minutes for a regular fight, you need 18 minutes of pure focus. And in order to be able to give myself that 18 minutes of pure focus, I can't be sitting there thinking about other stupid shit about what's next or pay or that or this or that. I need 18 minutes of pure focus. So many people, I watch fights and I know so many people don't do that. They just don't focus. They're just not focused on the fight. It takes a lot of discipline, a lot of mental, more than physical, it takes a lot of mental discipline to tell yourself that you're doing a you have a task at hand, and that's all you deal with. Like, I think Khabib's really big on that. Just the way that he, the way that he fights, the way that I think how he approaches fights, he deals with the task at hand. He doesn't think about anything else but the task at hand. He deals with that. All right. Well, that's a great note to end it on, I think. Um, <laughs> so, Kama, where can uh, people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at the Death Star underscore one on um twitter and instagram and i have a, fa a fan page on facebook i'm just getting up ramping up and stuff like that and uh yeah hit me up talk All to right. me Speak the cool words don't say no stupid i say stupid back <laughs> <laughs> all right all right guys you can catch common worthy uh on september 5th on fight night common we want to thank you for coming on man we awesome really man thanks for having me on fellas all right thank really you, appreciate it common worthy everybody